Welcome to Our Real Life, a discussion about the journey from addiction to recovery with our host, Bob Bay. All right. Well, if it is your... You know what? Let me pray real quick. It has come to that. (laughs) Father God, I'm asking that you meet us here today, God. Help me to only say the things you want me to say. Help me not to say the things that you don't want me to say. But God, I'm asking that you open up each person's, their spiritual ears and their heart to hear exactly what you would have for them out of this. Because I could say one thing and everybody can hear exactly what they need out of it. So I'm asking for that, God. I'm asking for a sensitivity to that. Just help me, God. In Jesus' name, amen. I was going to say, if it's your first time here, I'm sorry. <laughs> Listen, guys, I'm, I don't do this like normal. I'm used to celebrate recovery, right? I go barefoot in. I don't really follow notes. I just kind of know what I'm supposed to be talking about. And so I just kind of do my thing and talk, right? I talk out of, you know, the Bible says it's uh, by the blood of the lamb and the word of our testimony that we overcome. And so God has done things. God talks to me in weird ways. And uh, well, some people may think they're weird. I think they're completely normal. And, uh, and I like to walk around and all that. And so I'm going to share with you some things that God has talked to me about, uh, taught me about over the years to help me bring me out of where I was. But I didn't know, you know, I was thinking about this beforehand. Sometimes I don't like to mention that I was a drug addict. A lot of you guys may know that. I was a meth addict. That was 30 years ago. I've been clean, actually, for almost 31 years now. Meth addict and alcoholic. So I know that when I say that, a lot of times people kind of, it something happens, it's switched off. Oh, well, that, I, I'm not an addict. That doesn't mean anything to me i got to get a drink of water real quick. My goodness. It's going to be okay. Just relax. Everybody's like, what's going to happen now? Let me do this. I was not going to do this, but I'm going to do this. i got a two-part question for everybody. This requires participation, okay? You guys, this is going to help me get relaxed, all right? So do this for me. Humor me for a minute, okay? No. It's a two-part question. Don't respond until you hear both parts, okay? How many people, and this is from out of my life too, I never felt normal growing up. I never felt like I fit in. I never felt like I could be part of everything. So I'm going to ask you uh, to raise your hand in a minute. How many people have felt like they don't feel normal and it's made them feel bad in the, on the inside? Okay, that's one part of it. The second part of it is, is how many people have not felt normal, but thought it was kind of a good thing, right? Because you know what? I feel that way sometimes. I always wanted to be just a normal person, and then it was like, well, that's not going to happen. So I just wanted to be regular. That ain't ever going to happen. So I just got to be the best me I can be, right? So listen, I... I'm expecting some participation here, okay? For, I have to raise both hands because I feel like I've been on both sides of it. How many people have either felt like they weren't normal and it made them feel bad or they 
felt like they weren't normal and they thought it was a good thing. Raise your hand. Now, look around, everybody. Look around. Now, that is the majority, right? So by definition, right? By definition, if everybody feels that way, that's normal, right? Right? But listen, if somebody next to you didn't raise their hand, that means they're abnormal. So you might want to scoot over and leave an empty seat in between you because you don't know what's going to happen. Right? <laughs> I'm sorry. I get excited. Uh, but so anyway, I was a drug addict. I'm going to try and stay up here most of the time, but you know, I'll just be walking around and everything. So uh, I was a drug addict, but that's not what I'm going to talk about today. I'm going to talk about just the things that regular people go through, okay? Growing up, I didn't feel like I ever did fit in. I didn't feel like I was good enough. I didn't feel like I could ever measure up. And there's a whole lot of things about that. I'll give a shameless plug to my book. I talk about it all in the book. But uh, uh, I never felt like I fit in or I was good enough. So that kind of created in me a perfectionistic side. I was always overachieving. And there was always this thing of, ah, it's not good enough, it's not good enough, it's not good enough. I cast that onto other people and... Uh, it was just, I was just stressed all the time, right? Feeling like I couldn't measure up. And a lot of other things. But then in part of that, because of that, I was unhappy all the time. You know what I'm saying? So I always wanted to just be happy. I just wanted to be happy. And I just wanted to have to not worry so much about doing the wrong things. And about not being good enough. So... I was uh, 22 years old when I, when I had an encounter with God and he came and he rescued me from that life. But listen, he delivered me from drugs and alcohol, but he didn't deliver me from all the things that went along with it. I didn't want to drink anymore and I didn't want to do drugs anymore, but I still wanted the problems to be solved right away. I wanted my life to change. I wanted my situations to be different. I, wanted, I still wanted to be happy. And I didn't know how. My normal, you know, that's really a whole thing of perception. My normal was different than the people around me. And what I thought it would take to make me happy was completely different. So time went on. I did not, when God came and got me, he did not uh, automatically or right away have me go to church. I had issues growing up with churches, and so he knew exactly what I needed. So he used a uh, 12-step meeting to come and get me and to save me and to begin to build a relationship with him. I knew who Jesus was, so I did give my heart to him, but I was not going to church. So a little bit of time goes by, and, uh, and a man I knew gave me a book on the Sermon on the Mount. It was kind of a commentary. My wife and I, we, in the beginning, we would take terms. She had gotten this uh, King James Bible from her grandma when she was a kid. We would take turns reading that. Who can make sense of that? <laughs> but I knew I needed it, right? You know, I knew I needed to know about God. I needed to learn more. And that was the only way I knew to do it, really. And so God was teaching me to, to spend time with him, to interact with him. And so... I tried to understand the Bible, but couldn't real well. And so I got this book, and the thing that really stuck out to me 
in the Sermon on the Mount was in Matthew, Matthew 6, uh, 31 through 34. I'm going to do it on here so I can uh, read it from here. It says, Therefore, do not worry, saying, What shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For after all these things the Gentiles seek. For your heavenly Father knows that you need all of these things. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added to you. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about its own thing. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. You know, you ever have that time where you, you see something from the Bible and everything, and it's just like, there's something to that, right? There's something to that. That might be God saying that, but there's something to that, you know? And it stuck out to me, and it's like, I need that. I'm tired of worrying about all of these things. I know my case was kind of extreme. I had destroyed our finances with the drug use. I had destroyed the career I had in the military. By that time, I was out of the army. I was just struggling. I was floundering. We were a young family. I didn't know how to be a a good dad. I didn't know how to be a good husband. I didn't know how to do anything. You know, I was a mess, right? And I knew I had to relearn all of that stuff and... And so I thought, well, this is it. This is what I'm supposed to do. I'll seek his kingdom, and then I won't have to worry about all these things because he's going to give them to me, right? He's going to take care of it, right? I mean, that's what it says, right? I was dumb enough to believe it. But guess what? Time went on, and, and eventually God got me into church, and I started going to church. But it wasn't catching. You know what I'm saying? It wasn't working. Now it really was. On the inside, God was doing things inside me. I was having these awesome experiences with him. He was really doing things, teaching me things, growing me up. But I didn't know that. What I knew was I still worried. I was still unhappy. I stressed about so many things. You know, my life was a constant turmoil. I tried to be the best Christian I could be. Because that's seek first the kingdom of God. Well, to me, that meant, you know, you, you go to church. And so I would try and do everything. You know, the pastor would preach and I was trying to learn everything. I was listening to a, a Christian radio, the teachings and everything. Charles Stanley and Adrian Rogers and all these guys. And, and uh, it's like, I was trying to do everything. They would say, do this. I was trying to do it. I was trying to do it. I wanted to be a good Christian. I wanted to seek after the kingdom of God, but it just wasn't working. And so here was part of the problem. I couldn't do it all. I kept messing up and making these bad choices and, and all that. And that would make me unhappy. I felt guilty all the time because I couldn't be good enough. And, and it was just a mess. But see, I didn't feel like it was okay to tell anybody that. Because it looked to me like everybody else kind of had it all together, right? And so I wouldn't talk to people about it. I wouldn't talk to my pastor about it. I just kind of held it inside. So I began pretending to be somebody I wasn't. And that's a sickening feeling. When you, I mean, when you think about it, when my last hope in life was God. I had tried everything else. My last hope was God. And it wasn't working for me. And I had nowhere else to turn, so I began to pretend to be somebody I wasn't. Oh my goodness, how hopeless that is. How terrible. I felt that way, so I described that. Maybe you're not there, 
Maybe that's here. And this is Jesus, the way Jesus was. Maybe you're somewhere in here, right? I mean, there were times where I would have these great encounters with God at church. He would speak to me about things, and I knew he was real. I knew he was doing things, but it was just that thing, that still overwhelming cloud. So one day I was talking to a friend. I guess this was, we were trying to figure it out, 15 years ago maybe. So I was talking to a friend, and he was telling me him and his wife had, they were still together, but they hadn't been together, you know, in years. And it was, they were drifting apart. And he was telling me that he had met this woman at work. And he had gone to lunch with her a couple of times. And he was spending time with her. And, and he was talking about how great it was. And, and uh, about how he really liked this woman. And, and he was contemplating leaving his wife. And I was like, what are you doing? You are having an affair. Oh, no, 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 Bob. This man was a Christian, been a Christian for many, many years. No, Bob, I'm not. I'm not having an affair. We haven't done anything. We're just having lunch in that. No, you don't understand. You're having an affair. You're having an emotional affair. You can't do that. And so we talked about that back and forth. I said, you've got to cut ties with this woman. You can't do this. Even if you don't work it out with your wife, you've got to cut ties with this woman for now. And then see where God takes you. Well, I know that, Bob, but, and you could, I could just sense his desperation as we were talking, his desperation holding on to that. You know what I'm saying? And he said to me in such a sincere way, but Bob, wouldn't God want me to be happy? And it was just like, I can't tell you how many times I've heard that. But Bob, wouldn't God want me to be happy? And I didn't know exactly what to say in that moment because I had never thought about it before. But what was rushing through my mind was, not if it cost you everything, why would he want that? So there began the journey. Actually, the Sermon on the Mount began the journey, but there began the journey of God talking to me about these three things. Happiness, pleasure, and joy. And so I want to talk to you about these three things. And we'll start out with happiness. Because I didn't know. Now, these are my definitions of what, what these things are. Because, and I want to have you understand what the definitions are because, to, so that you know what I'm talking about. Because I didn't know. When somebody said, are you happy? Sometimes I would answer yes. Sometimes I would answer no. Because I didn't really know what it meant to be happy. What does it really mean to be happy? Well, you've got to know what happiness is before you can know whether or not you're happy. So happiness is a word used to describe the positive emotions we feel based on situations or circumstances in our lives, right? It's an emotion. It's a feeling, right, that we feel. We can be happy or we can be unhappy. A lot of times situations in my life would be going on and I felt unhappy. That seems real basic. But let me give you some examples in my life of what that was. Aside from the thing of me stressing at work, feeling like I was never good enough, always overcommitting to do things because I wanted people to be happy with me because I felt like if they were happy with me, everything would be okay. So I would overcommit, 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 not just at work, but with my family too. I would overcommit to do things. My schedule would get full, and then I couldn't back that up I couldn't live up to my commitments. And so I was late everywhere. 
I was always disappointing people. People began to never be able to, well, they couldn't count on me before. Remember, I was a drug addict. But uh, so people couldn't count on me for anything. And I was always disappointing people. That made them unhappy, which made me unhappy. The other part of that was, is I would do these things, all these things for people. I'm in construction. I do remodeling. I would promise to do these, this work on my family's house or help this person out and do all this stuff. And then I would do these things for them. And then when they wouldn't give me back what I wanted, you know what I'm saying? I'm not talking about just money. I'm talking about when they didn't treat me the way I wanted them to treat me, I would build resentment. Of course, I wouldn't say anything to them about it because if I said anything to them about it, they'd be unhappy with me and then that would defeat the whole purpose. But here's what I would end up doing. I would, I would build up those resentments and everything but, and this is what we do. I would come home and Pam would be there and she would say one wrong thing. Bob, I don't like your shoes. You don't like my shoes! Oh, and I would just erupt. You know, and I would take it out on her. Now, some of you are looking at me like, what are you talking about? That was just an example. She wouldn't tell me she didn't like my shoes. <laughs> no, it was that thing. I would always vent on her because she was safe, right? She wouldn't leave me. So I would vent on her, take it out on her, because I couldn't take it out on my boss at the time, especially later on when I was self-employed. I wouldn't listen to myself anyway. <laughs> I couldn't take it out on anybody else. I couldn't take it out on these other people. So I would take it out on her and sometimes my kids too. So you see what I'm saying? I used people in situations and in circumstances to make me feel happy. But when that didn't work, I slipped into the next part. Pleasure. What is pleasure? <gasps> He's going to talk about SEX. <laughs> no, I'm not. Well, I might if I have to, but anyway. Pleasure. It's a sensation you experience due to a chemical response of some form or stimulation. All right. Now, that could be a lot of different things, right? That could be drugs. A chemical stimulation cause you to do that. That could be bungee jumping. Who in the world would want to do that? I have no idea. We are talking about that the other day. That's insane to me. But people get a rush from that. Climbing Mount Kilimanjaro, making money. Here's another thing, on the phone. You know they've done studies? Actually, when you get likes on your phone, it releases dopamine, just like as if you're doing drugs. And so people get addicted to that, and that becomes their happiness, right? It's not that they're actually happy, it's just covering the unhappy feelings. And so they're using that. Now, that could be... Pornography. It could be a sexual addiction. That's what, those are the things that end up turning into addictions. Because as we know, if you use some source or form of pleasure to override your unhappiness, each time you're going to have to use a little bit more, and it's going to do a little bit less. So, and you're going to have to do it more often, right? On anything. Here's a big one for me. I love to eat. I love to go try new restaurants. I love to try all kinds of weird food. I like goat. Once I ate chicken foot soup, I did not care for that. We were talking the other day about tortellini. I love tortellini. I told you God talks to me in weird ways. A long time ago, 
God talked to me about. You know, the mere fact that man can take flour, dairy products, ham, peas, mushrooms, and put all of those things together and make tortellini. That's a testament to man's ingenuity, isn't it? That's just amazing. But let me tell you something. It's a testament to God the way we feel when we eat it. What are you talking about? You guys know what I'm talking about. When you eat that piece of chocolate, you know, and it's like, mm, mm, I feel better already. Maybe not. Maybe you're not that person. But I'd say you got that, something that is, that that works on it. Both in happiness and in pleasure, those are God-given gifts, right? He wants us to be happy. He wants us to be able to experience pleasure inside of his boundaries and for the right purpose. And so God began to walk me through this process of understanding what is, what is my motivation behind it and what am I willing to trade to get those things? Am I willing to compromise who I am to obtain those things? I gotta tell a real quick story. I used to, before I went into business for myself, I sold construction work and I was also the project manager and so I'm talking really fast because I have to get this in quick. I would get bonuses based on how well the job did. And so I had sold this kitchen, I did all the uh, design layout, order the cabinets and everything. We get down to it, it's time to do the project. Other guys did the work, but so they called me, they said there's a problem, I went there, and this cabinet with the way it was, the uh, oven door would not open up because it would hit that cabinet. I got in a hurry and didn't order the right stuff, and so to change it, it was gonna have to change a lot of things, which meant I was gonna have to reorder cabinets, it was gonna stop the job, these people's, I mean, while we were waiting for the new cabinet skin, you can imagine hundreds and maybe thousands of dollars this was going to cost. And guess who was going to have to pay for it? Because it came out of my, so my bonus was based on the profits. And so I'm like, what am I going to do? What am I going to do? What am I going to do? Well, I began processing. I was a believer, okay? A semi-mature believer. And I'm processing all these things in my mind. Okay, well, I could just say they just... They got the order wrong at the cabinet place. That's, that's what it was. I had the right order. You know, I, mean, they, I could just say they got it wrong. And then it wouldn't be my fault, right? And then it would be okay. Well, yeah, I could do that. This is like God's talking to me on the inside. Yeah, you could do that, Bob. All right, so I can't do that. I'm processing, driving all the way back to the office. What am I going to do? Not to mention that, but my boss had absolutely no qualms about getting in my face and screaming and cussing at me when I did things that he didn't like. He used to say, I'm going to feed all you Christians to the lions. He's an okay guy. <laughs> no, I really appreciate the, he, he gave me a great start. I wouldn't be in business for myself today if it, if it wasn't for the things I learned there. But so, anyway... So I was like, oh my goodness, I gotta go back and tell him. I gotta tell him that this was my fault. I've gotta be honest about this because this is my integrity. And so I'm processing. I mean, we were a young family. I had no money, no money. I wasn't poor, I had no money. And I had to go tell him that. 
And I knew what was coming. I knew it. And I'm like, but God, I want to, I want to walk in your ways. I want to be a man of integrity. And so, and I said his name. I said, because he, he's like, what happened? And I said, listen, it's my fault. I messed up. I got in a hurry. I went wrong somewhere. I ordered the wrong cabinets. I'll make it right. And you know what? His entire countenance changed. And he said in a soft voice, almost a whisper, I think actually other people in the, were in the office around a different desk, I think he didn't want them to hear it. And he said, it's okay, Bob, just be more careful next time. That was a huge thing for me. Wow, maybe I can trust God. <laughs> I know that's crazy to think that, but I did. Maybe, maybe he really does want to take care of me. Maybe he really is going to do this. The third thing, joy. I had absolutely no idea what that meant. None. But this is what I know now. Joy, a state of being not based on outward circumstances or situations, existing even when we experience negative emotions, feelings, or situations. That's joy. But honestly, when God first started talking to me about this, I had no idea what joy, I couldn't even fathom it. You know what I'm saying? It, it, there was no way for me to even understand what that meant. How in the world? I would read that in the Bible. Count it all joy when you face... That's stupid. <laughs> How are you going to do that? You can't do that. Like these people who are being martyred and killed, how, how are they going to count it all joy? You can't do that. That's impossible. That's the way I felt, right? So time goes on, and I'm learning. God's growing me. While all this is going on, I'm still feeling like I'm, I'm still kind of pretending to be somebody I'm not because I don't want to admit that I'm not the good Christian that everybody thinks I am, right? I'm not walking in all these promises that everybody says you should be walking in when you're a Christian and all that. I don't have all of that. I still worry about things. I'm still unhappy. Pam and I still have problems and, you know, and all that. That's not supposed to be that way when you're a Christian, right? Right, Pam? So all that is still going on and, t- and time's going, but God's talking to me about things, teaching me things and growing things. So one day, there I am. I'm reading the Bible, minding my own business, not bothering anybody else. Minding my own business, and I'm in Romans chapter 14, verse 17. For the kingdom of God is not eating and drinking, but righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. For he who serves Christ in these things is acceptable to God and approved by men. Let me give you a little bit of foreground on this, or background, or let me set this up for you. Paul is talking in the beginning of this Romans chapter 4. All these people are, have all these rules and these observances, like observing different uh, feasts and different days and different, you, sh- you can eat this, you shouldn't eat that, you can drink this, you can't drink that, all of these religious traditions. And then even a little bit after that, they're hurting each other because they are judging each other by the way all that is. And they're hurting brothers and sisters, but well, you're not really a good Christian because you, uh, you don't pray for 45 minutes every morning. And, you know, so 
Jesus doesn't really love you as much as he loves me. And you see what I'm saying? So that's what's going on. That's what the context is. And so, but this is what Paul is saying. For the kingdom of God is not eating and drinking. It's not all these rules and rituals, right? It's not about all of that. This is what the kingdom of God is. Righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. And I think it's very, uh, the, when they wrote that, I think it's very uh, on purpose that they wrote it, that they put that and in there. Because it's not like, oh, there's righteousness, and then you also happen to have peace, and then you also happen to have joy. No, one gets added to the other. First you have righteousness, and then what gets added onto that? After you have the righteousness, then comes peace. And then after you have that peace, you can experience joy. Well, let me bounce back to the other. Remember in the Sermon on the Mount, it says, Seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and all these things will be added unto you. What I realized when I read that was, I missed that three-letter word in the meaning. His righteousness. I was trying to be part of the kingdom of God. I knew I couldn't get saved on my own. I knew Jesus had to die on the cross for me. I understood that. But then I thought, well, like the Galatians, you foolish Galatians. Who's bewitched you? I thought I had to do all these things to be a good Christian so that then I could walk in the promises of God and everything would be wonderful. God would love me. Remember, I was casting who I was. If I make God happy, then he would make me happy. Right? Just like Pam and everybody else around me. I'll try and make... I wasn't real successful at making Pam happy because I was not a nice person. It's hard to make people happy when you're yelling at them. Right? When you're a jerk. Righteousness. Let's go to righteousness. What is righteousness? Just like I want to understand where you guys... I want you guys to understand where I'm coming from. Righteousness. It's right standing with God. It's nothing we do. It's given to us from God through what Jesus did on the cross. We just receive it. We surrender to it. There's so many parts of it. I mean, inside of that is grace and mercy and justice. and I mean, there's just so many things to it. You could teach on that every Sunday of the year and still barely scratch the surface. But this is the thing, in, to deal with this, this is what I want, the way I want to put it, and it's the only way I can do it in a, in a word picture, is the way I was living my life as a Christian was, I am righteous, I am righteous, I got to be righteous, got to do this, got to do this, I'm righteous, this is going to make me righteous, I'm going to be righteous, everything's going to be okay, I am righteous, I'm righteous. That's the way my head works. I'm a little ADD. But uh, uh, that's the way my head worked. That's the way my heart worked. Always, but this is what, and I'm, I apologize ahead of time if I offend anybody, but this is just the way God talks to me. This is the way righteousness is supposed to be. Dude, I am so righteous. No, really. You got to settle into that. It's not that I am righteous. It's, dude, I am so righteous. Not because of what I do. 
Not because I'm a good person, not because I go to church, not because I pray, not because I read the Bible, not because of any of that stuff. None of that stuff makes me righteous. None of that stuff will make me any more righteous than I am right now. And guess what? Not doing it, once you're a believer, will not make you any less righteous. Because to say it will is to say that that sacrifice and that price that Jesus paid on the cross is not enough. So I had to begin to learn. This was not just sudden. I, I did have a revelation. It was like, I'm righteous. I am righteous. I'm righteous. Dude. I am so righteous. I like to have fun with it. But you get what I'm saying. But I had to learn to settle into that. Because when situations would be swirling and those things would be going wrong in my life and those old feelings would begin to come up and I would want to revert back to the old way I felt because that was my normal and I would want to react in life, I would go back to that thing of, well, i got to do this, this. God's not going to be happy. It took years. And guess what? Over this last year, there were times I lost it. There were times I lost my mind. I didn't go out and sin, y'all. But I would say things and I would do things that were not nice. That were not a good representation of Christ. I would step outside of his righteousness. Peace. Let's go to peace. This is my favorite thing. It's not my favorite thing. I mean, maybe it's, it's one of my top ten. Peace. The peace that comes from God. A result of resting and trusting or a faith that we can count on God taking care of us. This ain't like a peace like all is well around me and everything is okay and all my situations are right and I got plenty of money to pay my bills. This is peace. I ain't got enough money to pay my bills. My kids are crazy and won't listen to me. My boss is unfair. My life is not the way I want it to be. But it's going to be okay because God's going to take care of me. Because he loves me and I don't care. It's going to be okay. That's that thing where when people were being martyred, when Stephen was there and he's like looking up and he beholds Jesus, that peace. But you can't have this peace in and of yourself. It would be, like for me, we, Pam and I talk about it, the peace of Bob or the peace of God. And see, this is the thing. When you're following God and you have a relationship with God and you're trying to follow what he's saying, because I don't care how much you read the Bible. I don't care how much time you, you can memorize it word for word. And there are going to be times where you need to know you need to make a left turn instead of a right turn. Oh, yeah, I get that, Bob, but God doesn't really talk to you about that thing. He doesn't care about those kind of things. No, you don't think? He cares about the sparrows, and he's not having conversations about them not reading the Bible. So I say that. I'm not, hey, don't use that as justification, justification and say, Bob said, I don't have to read my Bible. God loves me anyway. I can do what I want to do. Because that's not what I'm saying. You've got to know the Bible. Yeah. To be able to know what I'm telling you. I wouldn't know this stuff if it wasn't for the Bible. Yeah. Peace. When you face a situation 
and you're like, what am I supposed to do? I face this. I can't tell you how many times a day I face this situation. And it's like, what do I got to do? And it's like, God, what am I supposed to do with this? This wall is so crooked, and I've got to do this. I remember I'm in Ramana. I've got to do this. I've got to put this door in here, and this wall is crooked. I don't know how I'm going to do this and have it come out right. I don't know. What if I start doing this, and at the end I find out that this is still, you know what I'm saying? That's the way my brain will start working. It's like, God, what am I supposed to do with this? Follow your peace. Follow your peace. Not the peace of Bob. Peace of God. Follow your peace. And that is how we begin to develop this relationship. By doing that moment by moment. Minute by minute. Day by day. And after a while of God showing himself faithful through that. And answering all. What am I supposed to do with God? I owe this money. I, I owe my electric bill and I don't have the money to pay it. What am I supposed to do now? Well, you rest in him you talk, you talk to God and you do the next right thing. Follow your peace. Follow your peace. Oh, no, but you don't understand. If, they're gonna, if I don't pay this, this they're going to turn my life off and then this is going to happen and then there's going to be world calamity and then the apocalypse. And the, you don't understand. No. Talk to God and follow your peace. And he'll work it out. Maybe your eyes will get shut off. I don't know. But you're going to have peace in it, right? I got these awesome candles from... (laughs) This would be cool if this happened, wouldn't it? Whoa, the lights went off. But I went to Bath and Body on that sale where they had them cool candles and everything. And so you have this like bouquet of all kinds of these senses and everything. And then you're walking in peace. Oh, Lord, thank you. I wouldn't be in this place right now if my light bill, if my lights didn't go off. Listen, guys, those kind of things happen to me all the time. And, and I have to look at it. I have to be willing to look at it and say, well, if, if this hadn't happened, then this wouldn't have happened. This is so awesome. God loves me so much. Dude, I am so righteous. Let's go on. Joy. I already did joy, didn't I? Ah, oh, Joy. Like I said, I couldn't even have comprehended this. I couldn't even have told you. Couldn't give you a definition of what this was in the beginning. After everything I went through, after all the stuff in my life, and maybe God hasn't brought you through all those things. Maybe the idea of being a drug addict or an alcoholic is totally foreign to you and you have no idea. Maybe your thing is completely something different. Maybe... Maybe there's things going on inside your life and you're pretending that everything's going to be okay, but down inside you know it's not. Maybe the idea of resting in in his righteousness seems as foreign to you today as it did to me. Maybe you're saying to yourself, I just wish I could be happy. Maybe you're saying, I just wish the voices would stop. I think we're all in different places, but this is the awesome thing. God knows exactly where each one of us are. All of us are on at some point in our journey, and that journey never stops. We should never stop growing, growing into Him. Our relationship with Him should never become complacent. 
You should always be reaching new depths in Him. I know I am. I talked about the thing of last year. I lost my peace a lot of times. There were a lot of things that happened with Pam and I uh, in, in outside things, work with my business, with uh, Celebrate Recovery and different things. A lot of things happened, and we were brokenhearted. We lost a really dear friend. It just a lot of things happened. And there were times where I was just like, God, I can't take this anymore. I just can't. I can't take it. It's just too much. I can't do it. And he keeps bringing me back to this. He keeps bringing me back to this. And he says, it's going to be okay. And I can rest in that peace. I can rest in that joy. I don't have to earn it. I don't have to be good enough. I don't have to check off any boxes to be there. I know this is kind of an uncomfortable time. I don't care if it's uncomfortable. (laughs) And I'm just kind of waiting. Waiting for my peace. Because all of us, I believe every time we enter in the presence of God and every time we come to a Sunday morning and anything like this, we should all be brought to a point of decision according to where we are at. Each one of us. Each one of us should be at a point of decision right now. What are you going to do? Where are you going to go from here? What are you going to choose? I would imagine probably everybody here is saved. It seems like maybe you are, maybe you aren't. That's not for me to to say. But is everybody where they want to be? Is everybody walking in peace and joy? I'll turn it over to Pastor Tim. Thanks, you guys. Now listen, listen. I said that and then I just thought as soon as it came out of my mouth. Stop it, Bob. You're going to break this. We're going to make it to Golden Corral in a little bit. Don't, let's, let's just chill out here for a minute. I'm going to go up here and get my guitar. We're going to play a little bit of music, and let's see what happens, okay? Don't lose sight of what, where we're at, okay? Dude, I am so righteous. <laughs> Thanks for listening. For more information, visit us at reallifeministries-stl.com. You can also join us on Facebook at Real Life Ministries STL.